Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. For my yoga teacher friends who are interested in working with the pregnant population, Prenatal Yoga Center offers an 85-hour Yoga Alliance certified program based on our three-pronged theory of prenatal yoga, asana, education, and community. Once a year, we hold our three-month immersion program in New York City. For those who cannot attend this training, Caprice and I are now traveling to different locations holding our training at hosting studios where we will spend six days working together, exploring and learning about prenatal yoga. This training consists of more than 50 hours working together. We also created a whole membership website with more than 20 videos corresponding directly to the manual you will receive. For more information, check out our website at prenatalyogacenter.com. Hope to work with you soon. Take care. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on Yoga Birth Babies. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host. And we're going to talk about placenta encapsulation. And you might hear that and think, what is that? Well, the good thing is we're going to talk all about it. What is it? How you do it? Why you do it? The benefits? All that fun stuff. So we have Michelle Adu here to speak to us about it. So let me tell you a little bit about her. So Michelle Adu is a licensed acupuncturist in New York State and a nationally board certified Chinese herbalist. She holds a Master's of Science degree in traditional Chinese medicine from Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in New York City, where she completed a four-year clinical master's program and is currently a faculty member. Michelle is a volunteer for the Neuropath Relief Clinic for Haitian earthquake survivors. She's also a Reiki master shiatsu practitioner, birth doula, and encapsulates placenta medicine. Michelle has over 13 years of clinical experience specializing in women's health in perinatal and postpartum care. Wow, quite a wonderful background. You're quite qualified and I'm very excited to speak with you, Michelle. And just going to say full disclosure for our listeners. The reason I know Michelle is because when I had my second child, um, the woman who had originally done my placenta for my first child was no longer in the area and I was looking for someone. And Terry, my doula said, I have the person for you. So I have experienced Michelle's wonders firsthand. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here, Michelle. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. Thanks, Deborah. Thanks for having me. So can you start with a little bit of how did you get involved in the practice of placenta encapsulation? Uh, I got involved, you know, I had been a doula for over 13 years now, and I was always really interested in it. It seemed really fascinating to me. I always would suggest, you know, that my clients, um, you know, do this medicine. And I always wanted to, to do it myself, and I read about it, but um, I just... I didn't really feel comfortable just like attempting it on my own. Um, a colleague of mine who was also a doula, she was studying some midwifery practices, had learned from a midwife here in New York City. Maybe six or seven years ago, she trained me in the placenta 
encapsulation process. And, and then I've just been doing it ever since for my doula clients, for people who call me, other doulas who suggest um, their clients, you know, try the medicine. And it's a really wonderful, it's a really wonderful experience for have me you to noticed, help on from this way. Yeah. Have you noticed it getting a little more popular recently? I have actually in the years that I've been doing it, it seems to be a little bit more popular. More people are knowing about it. There's been a few articles written about it, you know, and uh, in the media and in hospitals and in primary care providers seem to be knowing about it. And um, yeah, I definitely think it's on the uprise for sure. Oh, that's great. So let's back up a little. And for those that are just brand new to this idea, what is placental encapsulation? Um, the encapsulation, it's a process where we take the placenta and um, encapsulate it into pills. And mom takes it as medicine after her labor and her childbirth. Um, and it goes through a process of de- dehydration it gets powdered, put into pills, and it's sort of an easy form for moms to take as a nice supplement after to help nourish themselves after they have a baby. Are there different methods, and what would be the difference or benefits, and which one would you suggest? So there's a couple different methods that I know of. Um, one is a traditional Chinese uh, method of preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, one is just a plain, they sort of call it a raw form method of preparation. Um, the traditional Chinese method is um, it gets lightly steamed before oh. it gets dehydrated with a little lemon and ginger, maybe some spicy pepper to just kind of warm it up, kind of heat it up. The Chinese really believe in really wa- a really warming therapy for mom after she's gone through, um, you know, this kind of um, birth and delivery. Um, and then it gets dehydrated and powdered and put in pills versus the raw method where it just doesn't get steamed. It just gets rinsed and cut up, put in the dehydrator. Um, and the differences are really just probably the warming method. You know, the traditional Chinese method is just adding a little heat, a little warmth therapy. And then there's some ideas about you're actually kind of uh, by, by slightly heating it and warming it and steaming it, you're kind of bringing out an additional kind of tonification kind of property, um, just the way you might, you know, cook food and it kind of brings out different benefits and vitamins and minerals. Um, versus the raw form, you know. So some people, but some people believe that getting it truly raw, that's going to be the best. You know, you're going to get more nutrients that way. Um, I usually do the traditional Chinese method Mm -hmm. just because I'm I'm a traditional Chinese practitioner of acupuncture and Chinese herbs. So I tend to go that way too. Um, But I'll do the raw method if that's what people want, you know. Um, sometimes I feel like the kind of feedback I've gotten from that is that maybe I feel like the raw method might actually give a little bit more, um, kind of a, a energy boost huh. than the steam method, uh, maybe because it isn't more in a raw form. So the steaming method, a little bit more, if I would just put my own words to it, like kind of a time released <laughs> action versus the, the raw. The immediate boost of it. Maybe just really giving kind of a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, right away. Sort of the same as if you were to just kind of ingest it, you know, raw, orally or something. So, um, so yeah, that would be sort of the differences and then the benefits. But, you know, if people ask me what I suggest, then I say let's do the steaming method um, just because I, I tend to believe in a little bit more of the the Chinese method and preparation. And, and also, if we do that method, we were able to come out with a, a kind of broth that comes from the steaming method where the precious kind of fluids from the placenta come into the that steaming water, and I can save that and give that to moms too. I do remember I getting that. <laughs> and I remember in taking it, and it's interesting, my first time I did the placenta encapsulation, the woman who did it came to my house, my apartment, and we left for a little bit. We came back. It was very herbal smelling. So as you were describing the two, clearly I was thinking, okay, she must have done the Chinese method because it really, it was a lot of ginger smell and it was actually quite delicious smelling. Um, but yeah, it took over the whole entire kitchen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And the, the dehydrating has got a little bit of a, a scent as well. It sort of has like this livery kind of uh, organ meat uh, kind of aroma. <laughs> So what are the benefits? Why would someone want to do this? Well, the benefits are really great. Um, there's a lot of hormones contained in the placenta. So, um, And after mom has a baby, the hormones are kind of shifting pretty drastically, you know, in the body. So um, by ingesting in whatever form the placenta afterwards, it can kind of help just ease and balance that hormonal shift that can be happening. So things like helping with lactation um, after, which can sometimes take a little bit or um, be a little hesitant for some new moms. So it can be really beneficial for that. And, um, you know, because of some of those hormonal shifts, women can tend to fall into, you know, certain kinds of um, emotional shifts and changes or postpartum depressions and things like that. So it can keep that at a little bit and more of a balance. Um, it's very high in iron and different vitamins and minerals, so it helps build blood back in the new mom because anyone who's given birth knows it can be quite bloody. It takes a lot of energy. It can go on for many days, and there's a lot of bleeding, so it can really help um, nourish mom's energy and blood after the birth and help with the healing not only of um, any kind of ripping or tearing or help with the healing of the uterus and helping come back into shape that uterus and contract. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now, the Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited-time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy.
These um, are great reasons. I mean, from my own experience, I've only had two babies. I've only done it twice. So I'm not a really good case study, but just anecdotally, um, I do feel like the, I had an incredible milk supply, far more than any. Like I, I would fill bot, I would pump and breastfeed, yeah. and I, I had so much breast milk. We <laughs> borrowed my friend's freezer because we were right. so full. It was kind of crazy. One right. thing, it's interesting you're mentioning the iron. After a little bit of time, I oddly started. I don't know if you've ever heard this from anyone. I smelled a little metallic. I was like sweating, almost a metallic smell. That my husband's like, you smell like iron. So. Have you ever heard of that before? I actually hadn't heard that before, no. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but oh. both times I was smelling a little metallic. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if that was all the iron, but... A lot of blood, yeah. <laughs> Lots of blood moving. I hadn't heard that. <laughs> well, so are there any known side effects besides my, my whole iron smell <laughs> of the placenta encapsulation? Well, sometimes. So what I do is I tell people like dosage wise, um, I mean, normally my dosage is starting off higher and then kind of cutting back Mm -hmm. as the weeks go on. But what I always tell moms is, you know, after about a week, see how the lactation is. If you feel like you're really overproducing or the milk's just spurting everywhere, it's too much for the baby, like cut back on the pills, you know. So that, I mean, isn't always a bad thing to have a lot of milk, but actually too much milk can be sometimes annoying too. So just to cutting back a little bit on the dosage. So that's, that's some feedback I've gotten on it. Um, Really? No. I mean, only just beneficial side effects. Um, Just a couple other little things I've heard. And it's only been like one or two, like one woman told me she, uh, she felt like it was giving her so much energy that it that it was giving the baby a lot of energy and mm. it was keeping the baby up at night. Now it was really hard to sort of prove if it was if it was the placenta medicine or not. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think she did do the raw method too, if I do remember correctly, because I wondered if it was also that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had called me and told me and said, "Do you, know, you think it's the medicine?" And I said, "Well, maybe. Why don't you just for you know trial and error cut down, or why don't you just stop and see if it changes?" You know. So I think she did cut down or cut back or even just in every other day or something. And um, I think she did notice that baby was sleeping better. So that was one little thing that I heard. And that was really the only one about that kind of side effect I'd heard. Maybe one or two other times I had people tell me that like their lactation consultant had told them to not take the placenta medicine um, because it would interfere with their lactation. In a sense so this is just, that it was too much? I think that, yeah, that they were really not into the high hormone content of the placenta and it oh. was that it might cause them to to not get that initial production of milk. So, you know, everybody is different, really, and every, you know, kind of herb or medicine or, or anything is going to affect everybody slightly differently. We can't say that one thing is going to be always good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but this wasn't like mom's telling me, oh, I can't. I'm not, you know, I'm not making milk because I'm taking this medicine. You know, this was something they just chose to do because their lactation consultant said, don't do it. So I had made medicine for maybe one or two people and they actually didn't even do it because they didn't even give it a chance before someone told them not to do it. So 
you know, I can't really give a whole lot of clout to those instances, but those are a little bit of feedback I've gotten on, on kind of that end. But nine times out of ten, I feel like I'm just getting a lot of positive benefits, a lot of uh, people who haven't done it with their first, you know, mm-hmm. and then did it with their second. And they feel a difference. Or vice versa, and that they've really noticed the difference in their postpartum time and period and healing, you know. So... Yeah. So when I was, I think between my two kids, I did a blog entry about it. And at the time, and granted this was about five years ago, I was trying to research and there's very little studies. Do you know if there's been any other study out there supporting this or talking about it? Or is it more just kind of the community and the the Chinese medicine background that supports it? Um, I don't know. I mean... I feel like that there's got to be. Yeah, I just couldn't find a no. ton. And this has been a while, so I think maybe I'll do another research yeah. of research. Yeah. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about the baby. So what's the benefit for the baby of the placenta medicine? Well, the benefits for the baby are, yeah, I mean, well, obviously the baby's going to be getting some if mom's mm-hmm. taking it, right, just through the breast milk if they're breastfeeding. So, well, what I usually tell moms if they want is that, you know, you could give the baby a little bit of the powder from the pill or a couple drops of the tincture, because I also make um, placenta medicine tincture uh, for the baby, but, you know, the baby's going to be getting it through the breast milks, you know, so you don't have to really worry about that right away, but maybe a little bit later in life, you know, or as you start to wean or maybe when baby's six months or first starts eating or, you know, when you start to get some of those first um, little things that start happening with baby like teething or little colds or flus or fevers or once a year for immunity or before or after vaccines just for a little immune boost, something like that. I tell parents that they can do a little bit of the powder on the tongue or just a couple drops of the tincture. But yeah, the benefits for the baby, um, would come from the medicine, you know, even just coming through the breast milk because the baby's going to be getting whatever mom gets too, you know, a little bit. So, Oh, that's great. It's for mom and baby. I'm loving that. (laughs) I actually had a woman years ago, gosh, it's been so long now, maybe at least six or seven years ago. She, um, she was a German woman and she said, you know, it's just kind of a standard practice in Germany that they make um, a homeopathic remedy from the placenta. So, I mean, this is kind of similar to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, so her mom had come after the birth. And at, this was even before I was encapsulating, but I was into it. You know, I was interested. We took a couple cuts of the placenta Um, at the time and put them in some alcohol and sent them home with her mom and her mom had homeopathic medicines made from them and so she said you know I saw her years where she came back to me for some acupuncture and she said the daughter was probably six by then and she said uh you know, I just ran out of those homeopathic medicines we made from the placenta. She's like, yeah, I always gave them to Luna every time she was going to get sick or or I was feeling bad or we needed a boost of energy or just in the winter time, or, you know, uh, things like that. And she said, I just, 
gosh, we ran out of them. I'm so upset. But for so many years, she's been so healthy and, you know, she never got sick and all these things. She just was raving about it. It was really incredible. So you kind of touched on something I was interested in about the idea of other cultures. So again, it's, as you and I chatted a little bit, it's pretty new in the you know, I'm not an active doula anymore, but while I was, it really only started to get a little more accepted towards my end time. So that was just not, that was only a few years ago. And I remember a few times trying to get the placenta out and the hospitals looked at us like we were crazy people. And then one of the last births I did, we had to sign the placenta out and I took it in these two huge Ziploc bags and I took it back to the woman's house and someone came to pick it up. Might've been you. Um, and it, I do see like there is a shift. So in our culture, it's not quite as crazy as it used to sound. Are you? Do you know? Do other cultures? Um, is this more commonplace? Do they consume the placenta in any manner? Yeah, I believe so. I know that in the Chinese culture, they often will make a soup with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Well, and just knowing Chinese herbal medicine, placenta is actually one of the herbs that we use in Chinese herbal medicine. Okay, so we know but, that, and we know Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just one. I haven't studied into too many other different cultures and things like that, but I do know that there's there's plenty of recipes and older kind of interesting herbal books out there that have a lot of different recipes and some will eat it raw and some will cook it and some put it in the stews and, but the Chinese have very extensive postpartum, um, protocols, you know, if you know, or have any clients that, you know, were from the Asian cultures, you know, oftentimes the parents, Oops. And the mom will come and they'll stay with the, you know, the daughter and the grandchildren and they'll just make mom soups and broths and all kinds of things all day long. And they have very specific kind of dietary protocols and and other things that they do for moms, you know, postpartum after birth. Yeah, it's very important for them. I like that. I like that there's so much respect and support for the new mom in, in yeah. the culture. Have you ever experienced any backlash from more traditional care providers not supporting or just discouraging the placenta encapsulation or just not allowing the mom to take it? Um, I feel like in general, you know, and like you said, it was becoming more acceptable and kindly more more practiced and certainly as I'm, you know, working with it longer, I'm finding, you know, it's gone from certain hospitals not even allowing you to take it to now they're just like, yeah, okay, great, we'll put it in this and here you go and we got that and, you know, they're more, um, certainly you run across a couple, you'll run across a couple care providers that just aren't into it, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we're pretty much able to get them, you know, no matter what, um, on an occasion, I'll have people tell me that, you know, that they've been discouraged to not take it because of macomium or, oh, there's bacteria on it or this or that. or So, but that's really it. And it's really kind of a low, it's kind of a low percentage. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And I think that as more people are asking and talking to their care providers about it and, you know, then it's really educating them and they're really like starting to be like, okay, maybe this is something and hearing about how it helped them with their last, you know, so 
Good. No, this, this is good. It's the right direction. So yeah. say someone's listening to this and they're starting to be interested How and they're giving birth in a hospital. I mean, it's different if you're at home because you're at home and can just keep it. But if someone's giving birth in a hospital setting, how would they go about collecting their placenta? And then how would they get it to someone to encapsulate it? Right. I usually tell people, um, you know, to talk to their doctor about it. And depending on where they're delivering, um, most places are fine. You just tell them maybe they have to sign a piece of paper, you know, just for um, for legal reasons with, with the hospital. But, um, you know, maybe just bring a soft cooler with you and medium-sized Tupperware. And then you just tell them when you show up that you want to keep the placenta and here's my stuff and put it in that and take it home with you. Or you call the person that's going to do the encapsulation for you and they come and pick it up. Personally, I do pick up and drop off service. So I have people call me when they're in labor or have their doula call me when it's looking like they're ready to deliver or the placenta is ready to pick up. I try to pick it up within a few hours or that day. Um, you know, I can encapsulate it overnight and bring it back to them the next day. The sooner the mom starts taking it, the better it is. So Oh, so you go to the fast. hospital and get it, or you need someone to bring it back to their apartment? Personally, I go and pick it up from the hospital, but it depends on when they call me or, you know, where they're at. But mm-hmm. I like to sort of get it as soon as possible. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know all placenta encapsulators. Some may do pick up and some may not. So it may be a matter of, you know, they pick it up from them when they're at home right. or... Or the husband or a family member drops it off to whoever's going to encapsulate. Personally, I like to do the pickup and drop off because I feel like there's so much going on already with <laughs> new baby and mom and delivery and, you know, dad's got a lot to do. Family's got a lot to do that they don't need another thing to do. So I just go and pick it up and drop it off. And it's very easy. For I them. appreciated that incredibly they very fast. You because, know what I mean? Yeah, you were quick. Days, you get home from the hospital. Then that's a few days. Mom hasn't had it and she could have used it. You know, it's important in those first few days. Yeah. And I appreciated you came to my apartment, you picked it up the next day, you brought it back from when the first time we had to be out of the apartment for quite a while and they all her equipment was there. And so while okay. I appreciated it was, you know, immediately done, I still had to leave the apartment. And as a new mom, especially one that pushed for so long and had such a long birth, it was not easy to be walking around out and about, you know, for so many hours. So I love that service. So I'm totally just throwing this out. We hadn't discussed this, but if somebody who's not in New York City wants to find this service, how would you recommend they do that? Uh, Maybe just like a Googling or... Yeah. I don't know if there was like... And like for doulas, you know, we have Dona and, you know, like so in, in childbirth educators, we have Ma's. Like, so there's kind of a, a center. I don't know. Is there that kind of um, group that now I know you, you're with the Chinese medicine uh, college here, but um, is there something like that for those that do placental medicine? There might be. Not that I know of. Okay. I've- I, yeah, I'm not, I might not be so much into the network of placenta encapsulators. I actually <laughs> don't even know that many people that do it. Although I know that there is people that do it and, yeah. um, and certainly that's also growing and there is trainings and, um, and things like that. Again, I think I, you could just do, 
you could do a quick, Google it. A quick Google, like in your area or, you know, ask around, you know, to midwives, doulas, you know, other people who've done it, things like that. I think it's more rare as you get out of the city, you know, uh-huh. to find someone to do it like that. But, um, but they're still around and then midwives do it. Um, sometimes doulas will, uh, yeah, sorry, I wish I knew. No, it's totally fine. I just threw it out there thinking, you know, if someone's listening that's yeah, not in the city and they're like, wow, I'm really, this sounds good for me. How would I do it? But yeah, Googling, what, what's the general cost of it? Um, I think, you know, it can range um, between like maybe three, $500. I charge five, but I also do the pickup and the drop off. It's quite an extensive process, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think it just depends on on where you are and and in the services provided and you know how fast and and how what the experience level is with someone who's who's doing the medicine yeah well, I think you've given our listeners a lot to think about and consider and I mean I'm gonna just go out there and say I thought it was one of the best things I chose to do for myself and um you know, take that for what it's worth, but I had great energy. I didn't have postpartum depression and I had an, a serious abundance of milk. So my experience was very positive. And so I don't want to, you know, overly influence our, our community, but I do believe in it. So I'm so glad that you came on, Michelle. Is there any last minute of things that you want to talk about? Any tips or just anything we didn't get a chance to cover? Oh, I think that I think we covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? But you're certainly welcome to ask. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on our show notes how people can find you. So if they're listening and they're thinking they might want to use your services, I'll make sure that's on there. Uh, are you on social media? I am on Facebook. Okay. Um, just under my name. Okay, great. So someone can reach out to you that way. But yeah, I'll put all the ways. I'll put your website and your contact information on our show notes. So yeah, if someone in the New York City area is listening to this or you have further questions, you want to talk to Michelle uh, or you're considering the process, they can reach out to you directly. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please take a moment and go onto iTunes or Stitcher and rate and review us because it really helps other people find us. And then just total last minute little plug um, for those that are yoga teachers out there and you're considering yoga teacher training prenatal, take a look at our program. We have one coming up in Connecticut soon. We have another one in the spring and we learn all about these amazing, amazing things about pregnancy and birth. And I'm sure we're going to talk about placenta encapsulation, all these great things. So again, Michelle, thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening. All right. Good night. (laughs) Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.